This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 109 of the Catholic Foodie, Lent, It's What's for Dinner. Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today we're talking about Lent. <laughs> Can you believe it? It's already here, Lent. Mardi Gras is gone. It's gone for yet another year. And uh, as I've mentioned many times here before, a Mardi Gras is a season down here, not just a day. And so I'm going to kind of recap our Mardi Gras experience here, Mardi Gras 2011, with you. And then we're going to talk about Lent. Sarah Reinhardt is going to join us today with Mary in the Kitchen. We're going to think about our vocation and pray for our vocation right here at the Catholic Foodie. You know the place where food meets faith. Lots of things on the agenda today, folks. Lots of things. But we're going to try to speed it along here. It is Lent. Today is the first Friday of Lent. Uh, liturgically, I think they refer to it as the Friday after Ash Wednesday. It's not the first Friday of Lent because that will be next Friday. <laughs> Interesting how the, the Lenten season uh, falls out, you know. Uh, you've got these this kind of an awkward period here. Uh, from Ash Wednesday until the first Sunday of Lent, which is this coming Sunday. And uh, that's just liturgically speaking. But for all intents and purposes, it's all Lent. You know what I mean? It's all Lent. And we're going to talk about that and what it means as we get into the show today. But first of all, I want to start out by uh, recognizing our sponsor, DivineOffice.org. And I want to I take a moment just to thank you for helping us recently, in the last month, uh, by voting for DivineOffice.org and the Divine Office iPhone app and iPad app and the Divine Office podcast and the About.com Reader's Choice Awards for 2011. If you've listened to the show, you know that this has been going on and you have seen my post over there at CatholicFoodie.com. You've also heard me here on the show talk about that. Voting is now over. It ended midnight Mardi Gras. Isn't that appropriate? <laughs> I think that's appropriate. That's good. That's a Catholic thing. That's a good thing. So uh, voting is over. The The winners will be announced on the 15th of March. So just a few days away, the winners will be announced. But if you've been voting, and this is, you know, if you've been voting, you know this, when you get to the very end, they, they kind of give you a preview of like how the, the, the fallout, right? You've got five um, uh, potential winners in each category, and uh, when you vote, you cast your vote, you get to see the uh, the percentages of who has voted, how many people have voted total, who's gotten all the different votes and all that. So, you know, as a preview, it preview now, um, it looks really, really good for the great folks over at divineoffice.org. I mean, in all four categories, best website, best iPhone app, best iPad app, and best podcast, right? All this in the Catholic realm looks really good for the folks over at divineoffice.org. And I want to thank you for that. I thank you very much for your support because it's not a uh, it's not a, a money-making venture. We are trying to get people to join us in prayer at divineoffice.org, right? To join us in prayer, the official prayer of the church, the liturgy of the hours. To, to just get people to join in with the body of Christ, right? All of us are called to pray. All of us actually are encouraged to pray the liturgy of the hours, not just the clergy, not just monks and nuns, but me and you, all of us. 
So uh, thank you again. Thank you very much because your vote, uh, helping DivineOffice.org to, uh, to, 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 to get the recognition of winning these awards will go a long way in reaching new people and inviting them in to join us in prayer at DivineOffice.org. So again, thank you very much. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of the can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. Well, as we start out today, folks, I want to give a special shout-out, a special thank you to John Caravelli. John emailed me just the other day. Uh, he apparently just discovered uh, the Catholic foodie, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, he sent me an email. He entitled it an Ash Wednesday blessing, and it really was, for me, a blessing. So, John, thank you so much for sending this. Uh, he apparently just discovered the Catholic foodie and uh, loves New Orleans, loves good food and, 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 and cooking and, and New Orleans, and, of course, his Catholic faith. And uh, he calls those his great passions in life. And, uh, you know, his wife ha- and, and he and his wife have visited uh, New Orleans about eight times in the past 20 years. And so that's really exciting. I love to hear that. That's fantastic. And uh, he says that one of his favorite quotes is Irenaeus, right? St. Irenaeus, uh, a father of the church. Um, the quote is, uh, the glory of God is man fully alive. And, of course, that is something we could talk about like forever. <laughs> it's a great quote. Matter of fact, G.K. Chesterton wrote a book, right? Man Alive, and a fantastic book. And it kind of it kind of uh, uh, dovetails very nicely with this quote from Saint Irenaeus. So um, I want to thank you, John, very much. He, he mentioned to me in the email that he had just bought a mug and a T-shirt, a Catholic foodie mug and a T-shirt. Uh, which I mean, I appreciate that tremendously. I think it's fantastic. I hope that you enjoy that, and I want to let you know also, um, uh, if you wanted to order a Catholic Foodie mug or a uh, T-shirt, you could do so by going to, and I'm looking it up right now because I always forget, I think it's store, that's right, it's store.catholicfoodie.com, store.catholicfoodie.com, and uh, you know the guy, the gentleman who... Um, provides all this, right? Who does the work here to provide uh, Catholic foodie mugs and and aprons and t-shirts and sweatshirts and tote bags and all this other good, 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 goody stuff is uh, Captain Jeff, our very own Captain Jeff Nielsen of SQPN fame. He is uh, the the host of Catholic Weekend, the Catholic Weekend podcast, right, on sqpn.com. And also, also, the producer of the Catholic Pilot Podcast. That's Captain Jeff, and uh, he's really a captain in real life. It's pretty cool. He also likes uh, good food and, and good drink, and he's a good guy. So uh, you may want to visit him at his other locations, but you can go to store.catholicfoodie.com to find Catholic Foodie Paraphernalia, <laughs> which is kind of a crazy way of putting it, but Catholic Foodie Paraphernalia, available online, store.catholicfoodie.com. Dot com. And John, again, thank you so much. It is very nice to meet you.
Well, folks, you know, <laughs> I'm about to talk about Mardi Gras, so I'm feeling kind of jazzy. You know, we're in Lent and all. It's Friday in Lent, but I'm feeling kind of jazzy. I'm going to talk about, talk about Mardi Gras. And, uh, man, we had a good time this year. We did. We had a great time this year. And uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. I guess it's good. I think it's a good thing. Uh, it was, well, you know what? If I'm honest, we had a lot of good times. We had a lot of fun. But... It kind of got uh, changed. Well, plans changed right there at the last minute. I'll have to tell you about that. But, uh, boy, we did. It was uh, it was fantastic. Every year, you know, we go to certain parades, and we were able to make most of those this year. Not not all of them, though. Uh, so we'll have to, 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 well, we'll have to try harder next year. But <laughs> let me tell you what happened. First of all, this was probably the longest Mardi Gras season in recent history. It's crazy how long Mardi Gras went on this year. I mean, this now you know I'm down here in New Orleans where everything is all crazy and all that, you know. And so Mardi Gras is not just uh, a day, and and it's not just uh, the weekend before, right? It's not just even like uh, you know a couple of weeks. I mean, Mardi Gras is a season. It is a couple of months, and it starts on January 6th traditionally with the Epiphany, the celebration of the Epiphany, and thanks thanks to the uh, the Catholic bishops, the U.S. Catholic bishops. Uh, who 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 uh, migrated that feast uh, to this year? To I think it was September fourth, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it's not September. I'm saying September, January third or fourth. I can't remember the date exactly, but they 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 uh, migrated the feast because they wanted to put it on a Sunday so more people would participate and get to experience that. So uh, that was done uh, this year. Now every year. Uh, they have been moving the feast to the closest Sunday. Okay, this year just happened to be like the, th- the third or the fourth. I should have looked that up. I didn't. But uh, you know, traditionally the feast day, the Epiphany, is on January sixth, and that is the kickoff of Mardi Gras season, which is categorized or cla- I guess categorized down here in New Orleans in the South Louisiana area with with king cakes. Right, we begin making and baking and selling king cakes. And that goes on until Mardi Gras Day or through Mardi Gras Day. And this year, being an extra long Mardi Gras season, uh, guess what? Those king cake makers and bakers and sellers, they got to make a lot more money this year. (laughs) It's crazy when you think about it. I mean, that was a great year for them. Uh, I was trying to find online that they had like a report, some, some kind of report on the number of sales this year compared to previous years, but I have yet to find that information. I'm sure it'll be coming out at some point. It's just not out yet. So uh, kind of exciting, though. You know, I mean, I'd, I'd make king cake all the time. Well, not all the time, but uh, it seemed like when, the, when when Mardi Gras season first kicked off, I was making king cakes left and right, uh, probably, I don't know, eight or ten the first few weeks. And that was not just for myself, of course. I would be very large if I ate all those king cakes. It's not even just for my family, but it was for uh, for us, true. But also, I made some for when we had uh, friends over for dinner, or we went to some friend's house, uh, and we ate with them and had dinner, and I made a king cake there. Uh, we we my, my girls were in a program called Little Flowers, and so one Saturday morning, you know, I had made two big, huge king cakes for them, and for the 40 or 50 girls that's, that are in the group, so it wasn't all just for me. But, um, you know, it was fun. It was fun. It was a good time. So, king cake season is now gone. (laughs) 
And I know that uh, you know I'm kind of I'm kind of glad. I know Char's kind of glad too. You know, get that get the sweets out the house, get out of the house. You know, you know that stuff. You wind up getting uh, more rotund. So, uh, good thing that we are now in Lent. But I know those folks that do this for a living, man, they got to be well happy and thankful. Hopefully that it was such a great season for them. But at the same time, it's like, man, things returned down, you know, returned to normal, but uh, your income probably goes down too. So <laughs> I don't know what to think about that. I don't know what they think about that, but that's uh, apparently just the way things work. So, uh, you know, speaking of king cakes, I got an email. This was, if I'm not mistaken, it was Mardi Gras morning. Okay. So Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras morning, I woke up. And, uh, yeah, I don't have an alarm clock. I just use my iPhone, and I set the alarm on the iPhone. I, I set it next to my bed, and that wakes me up. And I I uh, oftentimes will, you know, turn the alarm off, and then I check my email. And I did on Mardi Gras morning, and uh, to my great surprise, and I was very happy, very happy to receive this, I had an email waiting for me from Suzanne Walsh. And she's a friend on Facebook. She's a listener. And uh, Susanna, thank you. And I had a little shout out to you there. But I had an email from Suzanne saying that, uh, you know, she was inspired by me, apparently, to, uh, to, to make a king cake. And it was the first one that she ever made. And uh, she sent a picture of it. And I was floored. I mean, here I am just waking up. You know, the alarm clock going off. I'm just waking up. I check my email right there on my iPhone. I see this picture. I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at this. Goodness gracious. It was beautiful. It was incredible. I was so impressed with it. I, I, I told Char and nudged her because you know, Char wanted to wake up too early, right, like me. She wanted to get up early, right, on Mardi Gras Day. <laughs> Maybe not so early, but I nudged her and I said, hey, you got to see this. You got to see this. And, uh, man, Suzanne just did a fantastic job uh, much better than I do decorating the cake. I mean, it was incredible. Matter of fact, I'm going to put a picture up on catholicfoodie.com for the show notes on this show. Matter of fact, I will probably use that picture as the, uh, as the, the, the photo, as the image for the podcast. So you'll probably see that on iTunes if you're on iTunes, or if you get this show uh, via an RSS feed, this will be the image showing up for you. And I'm also going to put it as the image on the post for the show notes uh, over at catholicfoodie.com. So you can check that out and see uh, how good it is. I told her, I said, look, you inspired me to uh, to do a better job at decorating. Because I tell you, I love to cook. I'm in the kitchen. I love to make the king cakes. And they smell good and they taste good. And everybody loves them. I love them. But mine don't always look so good. <laughs> they just don't. They don't, you know, I try, but I just, I just don't have that gift, you know, whatever it is, but Suzanne does. So again, thank you so much. Shout out to you, Suzanne. Thank you. Fantastic King Cake. Pictures going up over at catholicfoodie.com. Please go check that out. And, uh, and thank you. Thank you very much for that. Now, I want to give you a brief recap of the Mardi Gras season for us. It was very different. I say very different. It was kind of different for us this year. I mean, keep in mind, it was a long season. So we had a lot of, I guess, parties in the beginning, you know, get-togethers with friends and king cake and all of that. It kind of happened early on, and then it kind of died out because it was just such a long season. And believe it or not, people in the real world actually have work to do, and that would include me. <laughs> that includes me. 
So uh, it kind of kind of fizzled out, you know. And then we got to about, you know what? It was it was really strange because normally there's a, I guess year from year to year, of course, the date for Mardi Gras changes. It's all based on Easter, right? Easter changes every year. It's actually a lunar feast. It's a feast that comes. We get that feast, and the the, the date of Easter, the Catholic Church gets that feast from. Uh, from the Jews, from the from the from the Jews, is right. It's a, it's a Jewish uh, feast day. It's actually a harvest feast day, and uh, so we get that date from them. And the rest of the the Christian world that celebrates Easter uh, gets it from us. <laughs> now there's some discrepancies there. There's some discrepancies with the Eastern Church, the Eastern Catholic Church, Eastern Orthodox, you know, with their date on Easter. But hey, we're not going to go there today, okay? But in the, for the most part, everybody looks to the Catholic Church for their liturgical calendar. So we get Easter from the church every year, the date of Easter. It's based on the moon and because it's a harvest thing. And um, this year was just so long. But most years, you know, it's roughly about the same. It's a little different, but mostly about the same. And so you kind of get into a, I don't know, you kind of get into a groove down here with Mardi Gras and when the parades roll and all that. And this year was just so, for me personally, just really whacked out. It was so hard to kind of get a grip on, okay, where am I? (laughs) When are the parades starting? How many weeks are we away? And this is like forever. And so uh, we finally approached the the week prior to Mardi Gras and, uh, or two weeks out really, is when I kind of finally got a grip on where I was time-wise. Like, oh, okay, okay, okay. These are the parades. Oh, okay, okay. Now I know where we are. And uh, we went to the Covington Parade, uh, which is Olympia, I believe is the name of that crew, the crew of Olympia, which rolls the Friday, uh, two Fridays before Mardi Gras. And you may have heard me, I did an audio boo uh, on that particular uh, parade. I was there, and I, I did an audio boo live from the parade uh, on the, the crew of Olympia, that was posted on Facebook. It was also posted, I think I ran one of those booze last episode, 108. And also, Father Roderick did me a huge favor. Thank you very much, Father Roderick, if you're listening. Uh, he posted, or he actually wrote a blog post over at sqpn.com that, uh, that, that, that highlighted those audio booze from a Mardi Gras parade. So, fantastic. Thank you so much for that. Now, Olympia, the crew of Olympia is a small parade. It is not a big parade like we you would think, you know, in New Orleans. Not a big parade. It's a small town, Covington Parade. It's in the North Shore of New Orleans. Uh, but a lot of fun anyway. We were there with friends. It was a lot of fun. We had a great time. Caught a lot of beads, you know. Uh, it was just, it was fun. And then we, we, we normally would go to a parade in Mandeville, which is just a, a town just a little further south of us, still on the North Shore of New Orleans. We did not make it this year because of the weather. The weather turned bad. And we did. We had actually Mardi Gras weekend. Was The weather was horrible. Goodness gracious. You know, one of the biggest parades, one of the most beautiful floats, I think, bar none, the parade, the crew with the most beautiful floats is Endymion. And incidentally, there are a lot of Catholics who uh, ride in that parade. Matter of fact, they have a priest on hand every year in the Superdome prior to the parade rolling on a Saturday evening, because it rolls on a Saturday evening, They who celebrates a, a vigil mass for them. It's really awesome. Uh, but the weather was so bad, it was postponed. And they rolled on Sunday, 
which is another big parade day now, but they rolled Sunday. They rolled a lot later than they normally do, uh, and they rolled a, they ran on a different route than they normally run. Normally, they go through Fat City, which is a different area in New Orleans, and this time they ran uptown. They followed the big Toth and, and the big Bacchus parades that we normally go to every year on Sunday. So then uh, you had Toth, you had Bacchus, and you had Endymion followed right behind, which was a huge parade day, huge. I'm going to get to that in just a second. So uh, actually, I'll get to it right now. A good, good friend of ours, very good friend. He's like family. He's like a brother. Matter of fact, I call him. He's my brother from another mother. All right, my brother from another mother. <laughs> I'm talking about my friend Dwayne DeRoche. Uh, Char and I have known Dwayne. We, the, the kids call him Big D. All right, Big D. We've known him forever, basically. Uh, the entire, you know, before we got married, Char and I, we, we knew Dwayne, and we worked with him in youth ministry in New Orleans, and uh, Big D is a big deal around our house. Uh, big D is actually, let me see if I get this right, he is Christopher's godfather, but he's almost like a godfather to the whole, you know, to all of the children. It's really cool. And uh, great, great guy. Can't say enough good about Big D. And uh, what Big D did this year is really crazy. He went out with uh, with his cousin, and I know it was his, it was his uncle and his uncle's side, you know, that, that side of the family, but I believe it was his cousin who went out with him uh, the night before, maybe even two nights before, and camped out on St. Charles Avenue. Can you believe this? Camped out on St. Charles Avenue. They sequestered an area right there on St. Charles, and uh, they set up tents and all the, the parade ladders and the chairs and they had a gas grill out there. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking, it was big time, folks. And they managed, I don't know how they did this. I mean, I'm thinking, I was thanking God on Sunday. I was just like, praise you, Lord, that you were able to to, to let Dwayne do all this good stuff because what he, he managed to do on Sunday was get his truck or his, his uh, I believe it was his uncle's truck, with a trailer, and in the back of the trailer was a porta potty, all right, a portalette, a portable bathroom, okay, and uh, he had that literally right behind where they set up on St. Charles Avenue. So you're talking maybe 50 feet away from where the bathroom is. It was unbelievable. Now when you talk about Mardi Gras down here, folks. I'm telling you, you have people wall to wall walking down the street. It is insane how many people are down here. And bathrooms are huge, huge deal, big, big, big deal. You can't go down here. You got to find a place to park. You've got to, you know, you're having a good time. Um, most people, I say most people, a lot of folks down here are drinking something, you know, Mardi Gras time, and uh, you want to be close to a bathroom. And uh, Big D set it up, man. He set it up last year. Actually, he he was able to set it up, but it was like a, a block and a half, two blocks away. From the from the where we were on St. Charles this year, he was like fifty feet away. It was unbelievable. It was, it was it was a miracle, unreal. So fantastic! It was such a good time. We went out there. Uh, they had some shrimp pasta. Uh, they had hamburgers. They had hot dogs. Um, his uncle had made some shoestring fries, like from home. I mean, he did this from scratch, right? Homemade shoestring fries, incredible. Uh, lots of good food, good drinks. The parade was in, the day was gorgeous. Remember I said the rain, it was so awful on, um, uh, Saturday night, but Sunday, you know, all that rain kind of passed through and it was gorgeous. 
absolutely gorgeous. You'll see pictures over at catholicfoodie.com or you can go over to Facebook, facebook.com slash catholicfoodie. I put pictures up over there already. Uh, you talk about incredible, it's a beautiful, beautiful day. So we saw Toth, which is a daytime parade. It rolls around noon, I think noon is when it kicks off. I can't remember. It got, it got over to where we were probably around one, between one and two, somewhere around there. We were there a little bit late. We got there a little later than we wanted to. Uh, just a lot of traffic, trying to find a place to park. We had to park like 10 blocks away and walk. It was crazy. You know, with a big old ice chest. I was carrying an ice chest and all that. It was insane. But we we walked all that way. And I'm still paying for it, by the way. My neck and my back are still killing me, <laughs> you know, all these days later. But uh, um, we got there. A little bit late, we missed like two of the floats of Toth. I can't remember how many floats there are, 20-something floats, you know. And uh, But it was just it was incredible. It was great. Beautiful day, beautiful weather. It was cool. Uh, we had the ladders up there. I took a lot of video footage. I put it up over on the YouTube site for the Catholic Foodie. If you go to youtube.com slash, I think it's uh, youtube.com slash user slash Catholic Foodie. I think that's it. Uh, you can go there and check that out. Or you can just go to catholicfoodie.com or facebook.com slash Catholic Foodie and you'll find all that there. Uh, just it was a lot of fun, and so you can actually kind of see what it was like if you go over there and check the video out. So uh, we we caught um, we caught Toth, we caught Bacchus. Bacchus is a big big parade every year. We caught that, and then uh, Endymion was going to roll right after, but we had to cut out. We cut out because uh, my youngest daughter Grace was not feeling well. She uh, just had an upset stomach and just not something you want to deal with. When you're on a parade route, so we uh, we we came home, and uh, that was uh, everybody was happy though. It was a good time, really good day. So again, thank you very much, Big D, if you're listening. Fantastic day, it was awesome, and uh, thank you so much for all your effort going out there early and and getting the spot and staying there overnight and all that crazy stuff you did. Thank you so much for that. We really do appreciate it. Fantastic, and you know what's really funny. I, I thanked him today. I sent him a little message today, thanking him again for for doing that. And he he reminded me. He says, "What? So you you come into the St. Patrick's Day parade?" <laughs> I had to laugh. I had kind of forgotten about that. You know, St. Patrick's Day. We have a big, huge parade that rolls in Metairie, which is right outside of New Orleans, every year. St. Patrick's Day, and of course, it doesn't roll on St. Patrick's Day because that's during the week. This year, it's, it's of course. St. Patrick's Day is the 17th of March. It's not going to roll on the 17th. Instead, it's rolling this Sunday. <laughs> so we just finished Mardi Gras. We're just starting Lent. And because it's so late this year, you know, we're butting right up against two huge, absolutely huge cultural feast days down here in New Orleans. And that is St. Patrick's Day on the 17th. And the parade actually rolls this coming Sunday, the first Sunday of Lent. We have a huge parade. Can you believe that? Crazy. Absolutely crazy. And then the second big feast day, March 19th, which is the feast of St. Joseph, huge St. Joseph altars all across the, the, the South Louisiana area. And I will talk more about that next episode as we talk about uh, St. Joseph's altars and what they are and what they're all about. Uh, but yeah, we got, you know, we start Lent and it's so late this year. We got boom, boom, two big, huge feast days down here in the middle of Lent. Crazy, isn't it? So more to come on that front, and uh, Char and I are talking about it. We might actually hit the parade this Sunday. Feels kind of weird, you know, in Lent, 
But uh, just because it's so early, or I should say Lent is starting so late that these parades are hitting, or these feast days are hitting so early in Lent. (laughs) Things are whacked out this year, man. Goodness gracious. So that's kind of a recap of uh, Mardi Gras and what that was all about. So we're going to take a break here, and we'll come back and talk about Lent and what's for dinner. You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for a nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes ripe. They're so perky. I love that. Well, you know, in all that talk about Mardi Gras and the Mardi Gras parades and all that, I forgot to mention the Mardi Gras Day... And I'll just say this briefly, uh, you know, Mardi Gras Day, two years ago, we were down in New Orleans for a huge parades, two of them back-to-back. That's um, Zulu and Rex, and they run real early in the morning. I think they kick off at 8, and uh, big, big, big parades, uh, big deal, you know, and lots of fun. But here's the deal. This year, we knew, uh, two years ago, we, we met up with some friends who were down there, and uh, although they weren't, um, they didn't have like a, a spot set up like Big D did, and, and they didn't know anybody else down there, we were able at least to kind of be there with someone we knew. And that's important, especially when you're trying to do things like, you know, find a bathroom and uh, just have moral support. <laughs> you know, so that's important. Well, this year we had no one that we knew who, were, who was going to be down there. A, and B, I had no guarantee that we would be close to a bathroom. So I said, you know what? That's just too much, too much to do. We're not doing that this year. So even though the kids were literally begging us for weeks to go to Zulu and Rex, I pulled the plug on it and I said, we're not doing it. And instead we went, uh, we were invited to some, uh, some friends of ours, with some friends of ours over at their house. They had over a hundred people there at their house. It was a huge party in Covington. And uh, they, they, the, you know, the Covington Parade runs uh, or rolls just a, a couple of blocks away from their house. So they had a big, huge cookout, uh, lots of people there, and went to the parade over and you know, for Covington. And uh, here's what we had. This is an incredible thing. I, think, I don't think I've ever been to one of these officially. This was a pig roast. A pig roast. They had roasted a whole pig. And you've got to see the video. I put it up over at facebook.com slash catholicfoodie. Also over at catholicfoodie.com, you have to see the video. Christopher ate, my son, right? My 11-year-old son ate uh, a pig eyeball, all right? Now, you may be grossed out by that, uh, but he ate a pig eyeball and also some pig brains. Now, (laughs) it is kind of gross when I think about it, but you know, some of this stuff is kind of like a delicacy, right? Um, and there, he's not the only one. There were a few other adults, but he's the only kid. My, my son is fearless. Really, he's fearless. He's great. Christopher, you heard him last episode, episode 108, uh, talking about Redwall and Redwall, uh, the book series, and also the cookbook. Really good stuff. Anyway, uh, he had a fantastic time, and you'll see that very clearly if you check out the videos over at catholicfoodie.com or over at facebook.com slash catholicfoodie. So, but in the end, when all was said and done, 
when the day was done, Mardi Gras day was over, uh, I can say in all honesty, and I think my wife would uh, agree, we were ready for Lent. <laughs> we couldn't wait for Lent to start. Uh, it was just time. You know, it was such a long Mardi Gras season. It was time for Lent to start. So let's talk about Lent. What is Lent all about? We are now in Lent. And you know what? The church has now, today, in this, in our day and age, in modern times here, only two days of fasting in Lent, required fasting in Lent, and that is Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Now, think about this. Contrast that with the way it used to be, right, prior to the changes which began, it didn't start immediately, but began with Vatican II. Prior to that, I mean, you had some pretty stringent rules when it came, when it came to fasting. And, uh, but today, in our own day and age, that's not the case. Only two days of fasting in the whole year, required fasting. Now, one of the things, right, the, 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 the mindset of Vatican II was, let's pull back on the requirements, pull back on the rules. You know, don't say, you have to do this, you must do this. They're trying to pull back in that way, but they're saying, we highly encourage you. We, this is what we really want. We want you, instead of feeling compelled to do this because we're making you do it, we want you to do it from the heart because that's what the Lord wants, right? So you have two days of required fasting only, but what the church is saying is the Lord calls us in the Gospels very clearly to fast. So you really need to fast. We want you to fast. You should want you to fast. We all need to fast, right? But we're only going to require it on these two days. So that's kind of where we are right now. So you have fasting and you have abstinence, two separate things. Uh, fasting, only two days required, right? Two days a year, and that's Ash Wednesday, Good Friday. Abstinence involves abstaining from meat, which down here in South Louisiana makes no sense at all, logically. It really doesn't. I mean, we we uh, we live right here on the the Gulf of Mexico. We we are. You know, I mean, Louisiana is is the Bayou State, right? There's water everywhere. We we eat seafood. We we bleed seafood, right? Seafood's everywhere, and uh, any excuse to eat seafood. I mean, that's you know, if I was gonna if I was gonna go out to eat somewhere, and I wanted to have some sort of penance, like personally, like make myself suffer in some kind of way then I would just abstain from ordering the seafood and get, like, a hamburger. <laughs> that would be painful for me, okay? Uh, that, and for most folks down here in South Louisiana, it's just seafood is a way of life. And so to have a Friday in Lent where there's, you know, you, you have to abstain from eating meat is kind of crazy for us, you know, down here because, hey, that's great. That's awesome. Woohoo! Let's celebrate. We get to eat seafood, and we we oh here here's the thing, right? We get to rationalize it. We have to eat seafood. <laughs> we have to eat seafood because they don't they won't let us eat meat today. We have to eat seafood. Isn't that great? Oh goodness, the way the mind works It's kind of crazy. But I know right now I am recording this on a Friday evening, and I know right down the street from my house. My parish, my wonderful parish that I love so much, St. Peter Catholic Church, Covington, Louisiana, fantastic parish, fantastic priests. Uh, right now, at this very moment, the Knights of Columbus are over at the school cafeteria preparing a huge 
fish fry. They've, they're frying catfish. They're frying shrimp. And uh, they're not only selling it there as a community builder for people to come and join together and to eat, and then they can go over to the church and uh, do the Way of the Cross together and also have Mass following the Way of the Cross. Not only are the Knights doing it for that, but they also sell these meals to go. So you got lots of folks who are Catholic, who are in the parish, who are around, who don't have time to cook or don't want to, uh, or who just say, hey, it's Friday in Lent, and we're in South Louisiana. Let's go eat some seafood. And so they, they run over there, and they buy their uh, shrimp dinners or catfish dinners with French fries, okay? Gotta love French fries. Ooh, those are, those are good. Those are real good. And coleslaw and, and bread and, and all this stuff. And they buy that, and they take it home and eat it. Or they can eat it there. You can stay, stay and eat if you want to and socialize. Or you can pick it up and take it home and eat it. I mean, it's good stuff. It really is good stuff. I love it. Matter of fact, last year, a couple times, I went down and I helped them cook for uh, the Fridays in Lent. And I had a ball. It's a, it's a great time. But when you think of it in a spiritual sense, right, and you kind of line it up with the gospel and Jesus, right, the, the call, our call in Lent is a call to repentance. It's a call to self-denial. I don't care how you cut it. I don't care how you rationalize it. And I'm not I'm saying you, but I'm really talking about me, right? I don't care how you do it. Uh, still, it's all about self-denial. It's about dying to self, and that is not fun, right? That is not fun. It's the antithesis of Mardi Gras, right? Death to self, because self is the problem. Right? Self is the problem. And so we have to die to self, Jesus tells us, so that we can grow in love, because it's all about love. And love is the self-gift. It is the giving of self for the benefit, for the good of another, whether that other is God or a, a spouse or children or the poor or people in your parish, whatever it may be, love is really a giving of self for the good, the betterment of the other, which totally disregards one's own self, right? Well, we don't, we don't, think about our own self. That's the, the point, the point of love. Love is kind of self-forgetful. It forgets self and, and, and thinks and focuses only on the other. And so in Lent, we're called to this life of, um, of, of love, of love, which involves a dying to self, a forgetting of self. So here's my question for you, because I know a lot of folks, and I know today in our own day and age, people myself included, have a very hard time with sacrifice. We have a very difficult time with fasting. We have a very, very difficult time with dying to self, with giving something up. And you know, that's traditionally what we do during Lent. We give something up. Uh, it may be chocolate. It may be alcohol. It may be, uh, I don't know, whatever, right? Um, but TV, I know people who give up TV, whatever it may be. People give things up during Lent, and there's a there's something really good about doing that. But you often hear from the pulpit, even uh, people say, "Well, I'm not really giving anything up. I'm just going to add something. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray the Rosary every day, or I'm going to um, go to Mass three times during the week instead of just on Sunday." Uh, you know, so people add something and not just take something away. Not 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 just denial, but in addition of something good 
to uh, our lives. And some folks I know who say, hey, I'm going to read the entire New Testament during Lent. I'm going to read all the Gospels during Lent. I'll spend time every day reading the Bible, right? So I'm adding something. Uh, I know folks who make a holy hour. They they add uh, time during the week where they go during the week to the chapel, to a chapel or a church or something to spend time praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament. All excellent, excellent stuff. I think it's fantastic. We definitely need that. And you hear that a lot. But here's my thing. And this is just me. This is not church teaching. It's not anything like that. It's just me offering a thought. And the thought is this. I think that sometimes we do the, hey, I'm going to add something here because we're scared to give something up. That's just a thought that I've been having. An observation. I say a thought. It's really an observation, something I've noticed over the last several years, uh, both personally as I go to pray and to participate and hopefully to grow during this time of Lent, to grow in love during Lent every year, but also in dealing with kids and dealing with teenagers. I see it a lot with them. Not It's just a real resistance to giving something up, uh, but, but they're more inclined to say, oh, yeah, 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 well, I'll add something. I'll, I'll, I'll pray the rosary every day or whatever. But you know what's really interesting about that is that it's always easy, I think, easier to uh, make yourself feel better about missing the thing that you were going to add rather than having to console yourself for falling when you give in in something uh, that you were supposed to give up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know. It's kind of like this psychological game we play. But I want to hear from you. What are you doing for Lent? What are you doing for Lent? Are you giving something up? Are you adding something? Are you giving something up and adding something? I'd love to know. I'd love to hear from you. And your thoughts about Lent, not just in general, but this Lent, you can always give me a call at 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974, or shoot me an email. Jeff at CatholicFoodie.com. Also, we have a lot of folks who are very active. They're very engaged. They like to talk. They like to, to, to comment over at Facebook. They, 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 you know, lots of folks over there, 660-something people, I believe, who are part of the community there on Facebook, the Catholic Foodie uh, uh, page on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Catholic Foodie. 600 and something people, and lots of folks like to make comments. We talk about what we're cooking. We talk about what we ate recently. You know, we're talking about all kind of stuff. So you may want to make a comment over there. I don't know, but you're free to do that. That'd be great. Cal- uh, let's see, facebook.com slash Catholic Foodie. But any way you want to contact me, I look forward to hearing from you soon. Hi, this is Danielle Bean, Editorial Director of Faith and Family, with some great news for Catholic moms. We're planning a special day just for you, the moms who do everything for everybody. This time we want to do something special for you. All you need to do is show up at our first ever Faith and Family Moms Day Away, featuring talks by Rachel Balducci, Jennifer Fulweiler, and me. But more than that, you'll enjoy spiritual refreshment with other moms just like you. I can't wait to see you there. Come be spiritually pampered at Faith and Family's Moms Day Away. On Saturday, April 2nd at St. Patrick's Parish in Stoneham, Massachusetts. 
This Moms Only Day Away is designed for Catholic mothers to experience prayer, wisdom, and the joy of community. Not to mention, someone else is cooking for you that day. Tickets are $40. Get yours online at faithandfamily.eventbrite.com or get the link from Faith and Family's page on Facebook or faithandfamilylive.com. Hi, I'm Huni. And I'm Ray. And And this this is Mary in the the Kitchen with Sarah (laughs) Reinhardt. I have had a couple of big projects lately that have required nothing less than the big guns. By big guns, I mean, of course, my mother-in-law's kitchen. Maybe you have a kitchen like this in your life. From it, My mother-in-law, who raised six kids, runs a veritable operation. She bakes pies. She makes soups and sandwiches. She gets snacks. She counsels the anxious and prays for, well, anyone she can think of. She cleans in a cycle that never seems to stop. And that's just what she did for me the other day when I was there for a few hours. Her kitchen is an oasis for me. There's no shortage of hot tea, never a lack of laughter, and always plenty of, well, whatever I need. I imagine Mary's kitchen was a lot like this. My goal in life, if I'm honest, is to have my kids view my kitchen this way someday. The way to that, though, is one that Mary shows me is not easy. It's not a list of things easily done, crossed off, over quickly. Instead, it's a mindset and a philosophy, a way of embracing what God is asking me to do and who God is asking me to be. In this season of fasting, prayer, and almsgiving, as we journey to the cross through Lent, let's pause in our kitchens Join hands with Mary and offer a decade of the rosary for our vocations. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for that. It's a great reminder. And, uh, you know, you can find more of Sarah Reinhardt over at snoringscholar.com. Snoringscholar.com. Sarah does some great work over there. And uh, please do go check her out and tell her that you heard her here at the Catholic Foodie. You also may want to check out uh, CatholicRoundup.com, Catholic Roundup, Sean McGahee over at CatholicRoundup.com. He's got some really good stuff going on during Lent. It's called 40 Days of Catholic Media. And, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, I mean, this is the Catholic Foodie. It's a podcast. It's Catholic. It's foodie. It's just all things good. And, uh, you know, this is this is Catholic media. It's Catholic new media. It's Catholic media. And he is setting up something this uh, Lent called 40 Days of Catholic Media. Great stuff. Lots of conversation going on. Check out Sean and all the good things over going on over at uh, CatholicRoundup.com. That's excellent. Also, there's another thing dealing with Catholic media that's very important. Uh, it's called Catholic Media Promotion Day. Uh, once again, it's something to help us to promote all together, to work together to promote Catholic media, all forms of media, whether it's television, radio, uh, podcasts, uh, blogs, internet-based type media, whatever it may be, 
uh, Catholic Media Promotion Day. You can find out more about it and what it's all about over at uh, Facebook.com slash Promote Catholicism. Facebook.com slash Promote Catholicism, Catholic Media Promotion Day. And along the same lines, I do want to encourage you to go visit sqpn.com, the StarQuest Production Network, sqpn.com. Lots of good things happening over there. You know, there's been some changes with SQPN. Uh, The Catholic Foodie is very honored to be called a, a... uh, an affiliate of SQPN, an affiliate podcast. So we're featured there over at SQPN. But uh, more than that, Kat, the, the, the SQPN is, is really honing in on, focusing on, promoting Catholic media, all forms of Catholic media. So if you are in Catholic media, or goodness gracious, if you're just a Catholic who understands the power of media and knows that media needs to, um, Catholic media needs to be promoted because it's part of this new evangelization. We need to spread the word. We need to support each other. Then you may want to go over to this new page on Facebook, the Catholic Media Promotion Day, which is facebook.com. Again, facebook.com slash promote Catholicism. That's uh, uh, the, the, the Catholic Media Promotion Day is March 15th, 2011, just a few days away, March 15th. And also sqpn.com. Please do go and check that out and let me know what you think. Of course, I would love your feedback. Any feedback you want to send my way, please do so. You can always call the listener feedback line at 985-635-4974. 985-635-4974. You can reach me at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Uh, you can visit me over at Facebook, facebook.com slash catholicfoodie. I'm on Twitter, twitter.com slash catholicfoodie. Or just, well, step outside your front door, your back door, and say, hey, Catholic foodie. And who knows, I might answer if you live next door. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, you may want to go ahead and use those uh, other means I just mentioned. So uh, anyway, it's been great having you on the show today. Uh, very excited! Uh, very excited about Lent. I'm very excited about Lent, and uh, lots of good things coming your way and our way. So uh, until next time, which we'll probably wind up talking about St. Patrick and feasting and green beer and St. Joseph and St. Joseph altars and all that. But until next time, bon appetit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.